1: a famous chef of a Michelin star restaurant made the news, not for his culinary skills, but for his decision to give it up altogether. Matthew Sashich shocked the foodie world when he became a Christian and moved his family into an Amish community. His new home is a converted cabin tucked away in a pine forest. And he said of his past life, I burned people. Four Michelin stars. That's all that matters. Then he grew disgusted. He went home one night, got on his knees, and asked God for forgiveness. For his lack of compassion, his overactive ego, and in his own words again, I gave my life to the Lord, which I would have never imagined in the heyday of my chaos. Why is Jesus and only Jesus so worth following that a famous Michelin chef would give up all that defined him, all that fame, all that money? In this sermon, I want to explore why only Jesus? Why is Jesus the only one so worth following, worth worshipping, worth giving our all? So that as disciples of Jesus, during this Christmas season, when we have spiritual conversations with our friends, we can meaningfully share why only Jesus. Now for those of us watching who are not followers of Jesus yet, welcome to this service. And I hope that this sermon explains to you as well why only Jesus. In today's Bible passage from Mark chapter 15, Jesus had just been scourged by the Romans. He was then mocked by soldiers who made sport of Him in His extreme suffering and forced to carry His own cross to be crucified before breathing His last and be buried. I offer us three reasons why only Jesus is worth following and worth worshipping and worth giving our all. Firstly, because only Jesus can show such strength as our God. Only Jesus can show such strength as our God. Bible and medical experts tell us that some criminals didn't even survive the scourging. As the soldiers repeatedly struck with full force the victim's back using that whip comprising iron balls and sheep bones, the iron balls would cause deep contusions. The sheep bones would cut into the skin and tissues, and as the flogging continued, the lacerations would hair into the skeletal muscles. Ribbons of bleeding flesh would hang from his back. Not to mention, by then, the crown of thorns also pierced into his head that would give sharp, constant pain like a shooting migraine everywhere. He then carried that crossbar weighing 45 kilograms in that state. The rough wood would have gorged into his raw wounds. And when the nails were driven into his wrist, The burning pain hitting the median nerve would explode up his arms into his brain and down his spine. Nails were then hammered into the nerves between the bones of his feet. The pain would jerk his body erect and his leg muscles would convulse and when lifted upright because of gravity, his lungs would collapse. Air was sucked in but cannot be exhaled until carbon dioxide was built up and his heart struggled to pump blood. He wouldn't have to push against the nail at the feet to catch a breath. And the agony of doing that would cause his lung to collapse and suffocate again. And that cycle would repeat for six hours. Knowing that he would suffer this way, verse 23 of Mark chapter 15 tells us, verse 23 and they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, verse 22, which means a place of the skull. Verse 23 now, they offered him wine, drugged with myrrh, which is a narcotic, but he refused it. Myrrh was to help down the pain, but he took the full blow of the agony without any anesthesia. Then in that state, When he would struggle to manage the pain and even catch a breath, verse 34 tells us that then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, verse 34, Elohi, Elohi, lama Tani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Loud voice. And then in verse 37, 37, then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. Another loud cry. No wonder when the centurion, a man known for his toughness, saw how Jesus died and said in verse 39, truly this man was the Son of God. Son of God a title reserved for Caesar's son, the top of the packing order in the empire. Jim Caviezel was the actor who played Jesus in the movie The Passion of the Christ. When interviewed, he shared the horrific experience of dislocating his shoulder when carrying the cross, dangling nearly naked on the cross in bone-chilling winds and catching pneumonia along the way. Though He was only acting. How is it possible for the real Jesus to show such strength like no other? The answer prayer. Jesus' prayer life sustained him from Gethsemane to Calvary. On the cross, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that prayer, He was quoting Psalm 22 verse 1, a prayer of King David. Now, while the text is silent, I'm convinced that Jesus didn't just pray verse 1, but the entire Psalm, at least in his heart. For look at what else Psalm 22 says. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Verses 7-8. to My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Verse 16. They divided my garments among themselves and threw dice for my clothing. Verse 18, all these happened to Jesus and it was in that place of prayer that Jesus could muster up the strength to give that loud cry twice and that final shout of victory before death. Only Jesus can show such strength as our God. The Norris Dam in the United States can produce 126 megawatts a day. That's enough electricity to power up 126,000 homes. When it was first built, a worker noticed how strange it was to hear the great dynamos humming in the quiet of the night and then look across the lake to see cabins lit with kerosene lamps. He found out that the transmission lines were not laid yet. And though these folks nearby lived in the shadow of this great hydroelectric dam, they could not receive its power because they had not tapped on it. My dear friends, COVID-19 has been with us for almost a year. It's an intense and prolonged time of difficulty. Retail stores and restaurants have closed. Family violence heightened during the circuit breaker. The travel bubble has been delayed. And we find this new normal, uncomfortable, unwelcoming. And in such a time as this, how is your prayer life? That lifeline that God gives so that through that, He strengthens us to soldier on. Is prayer your last resort or your first resource? This is the time to call upon God to uphold one another in prayer our leadership mentor Pastor Edmund Chan reintroduced to us the prayer hand. The thumb for giving thanks, the index finger for leaders, tallest finger for significant people, ring finger for those experiencing weakness, the last finger for ourselves. This Pastor Edmund would like to offer another practical idea for prayer. How about praying a psalm like Jesus did? Such as Psalm 22 in our agony, Psalm 63, when we come seek His face. Psalm 84, when we are in the valley of tears until we grow strength to strength and meet God. This is the time more than ever to find strength from God. As a church, we want to finish the year of greater discipleship well and strong by God's help. we watch watched night prayer on New Year's Eve. And because of the pandemic, we will not gather in person But on 31st December at 10.45pm, we will tune in to a live broadcast via YouTube. We will look back at the year with Thanksgiving, cross over to the new year together as we pray and trust God for His strength for such a time as this. Only Jesus can show such strength as our Saviour. He offers us His strength in that place of prayer. Secondly, Only Jesus can bear such a weight for our sin. Such a weight for our sin. Verse 25 tells us, verse 25, that it was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified Him. And from verse 33, verse 33, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. And then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Elohi, Elohi, lama sabak tani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up on a reed stick so that he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. Mark's Gospel highlighted what happened at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 3 p.m. when Jesus died. For a pious Jew reading this, a lot of alarm bells would start to ring. According to the Mishnah, the Jewish oral tradition, 9 a.m., the time when Jesus was hung, was when the first lamb for the burnt offering was sacrificed as the temple gates opened. At 12 p.m., the second lamb, For the daily burnt offering was brought out and tied to the altar, given a drink from a gold cup and remained near the altar until the time of sacrifice at 3 p.m., the same time Jesus died. Do you see what Mark's gospel is showing us? That Jesus and Jesus alone is the lamb slain for our sins, the lamb that carried the weight of our sins. And when Jesus cried out in Aramaic, Elohi, Elohi, lama sabachthani, bystanders thought he was calling for Elijah. I suggest it was more than just the bystanders' heart of hearing. Why? During the Passover, the weekend Jesus died, as part of the ritual, they would drink cups of wine to remember their deliverance from Egypt. There is then a fifth cup left undrunk, is called the cup of Elijah. The Jews would then open the door to welcome prophet Elijah, whom they believed would come as a messenger of God, and they would call upon God to bring judgment on their enemies who oppressed them. Jesus in Gethsemane prayed, If possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not I will, but what you will. And on that cross, He drank that cup of God's judgment to the full. Only Jesus and Jesus alone, as the sinless Lamb and Son of God, can bear such a weight of God's judgment for our sin, your sin and mine. On 26 November 2008, terrorists stormed the Taj Mahal in India and started spraying their guns. After the carnage had left, 200 people dead. A reporter interviewed a guest who had been at the hotel for dinner that night. The guest described how he and his friends were eating dinner when they heard the gunshots and someone grabbed him and pulled him under the table. The assassins came striding through the restaurant, shooting at will until everyone was dead. Or so they thought. When the interviewer asked the guest how he lived when everybody else at his table had been killed, he replied, I suppose because I was covered in someone else's blood. Because I was covered in someone else's blood. Only Jesus, as the sinless Lamb and Son of God, could bear such a weight of God's judgment for our sin." He stretched out His hands and shed His blood so that you and I can be covered and spared from the coming judgment. Now, some of us might be thinking to ourselves, and you might even want to say this to me, but you know, Pastor Edmund, I'm actually not such a bad person. I mean, I don't need Jesus to take the punishment for me. I mean, I I don't rob, I don't embezzle money from my company. Okay, maybe during the COVID period, I lost my temper you know, with my family more. I got impatient and hung at the driver in front of me. But I'm not that bad, right? Suppose you're a good person and I believe you and you sin just once a day, just once a day. In an average lifespan of 80 years, you would have accumulated, guess how many? Close to 30,000 sins. And when we appear before God, we carry the guilt and weight of these 30,000 sins if we depend on ourselves to make it right with God. When on that cross, Jesus stretched out His hands to carry not just the weight of your sins and mine, but our weight or your weight multiplied by 6 billion people on the planet now, not to mention the number of people before and after. At the end of the sermon, I want to give an invitation for those of us who are not followers of Jesus yet. The weight of your sins can be lifted when in faith you ask Jesus to save you and cover you from the coming judgment. I will lead you in a prayer at the end. Meanwhile, here's the third reason why only Jesus. Because only Jesus can make such a change in people's lives. Only Jesus can make such a change in people's lives. Besides the centurion who was amazed at how Jesus could show such strength on the cross, three other characters were highlighted in Mark 15. The first is Simon from Cyrene in verse 21. Verse 21. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then and soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. Simon probably came back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and never expected perhaps that he would be forced by the Romans to carry the cross for Jesus. An unenviable task, but an unforgettable moment. His sons were Rufus and Alexander, recorded for us. And Rufus was mentioned in Paul's letter to the Romans as one chosen in the Lord. I suspect when Simon discovered on that first Good Friday that this Jesus was the Lamb of God slain for his sins, he could not contain himself and told his family. And that faith was passed on to Rufus. The second are a group of women whose lives Jesus changed, found in verse 40. Verse 40. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for Him while He was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with Him to Jerusalem were also there. These women followed Jesus from the cross to the tomb. Luke's Gospel tells us that besides providing for Jesus and the disciples during their itinerant ministry, Jesus had driven out seven demons from Mary Magdalene. And these women would later anoint Jesus' body, a task only family members were allowed to do. They had become spiritual family to Jesus. The third is Joseph of Arimathea, found in verse 43. Verse 43, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honoured member of the high council and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Verse 46 now, 46, Joseph took a long sheet of linen cloth and when he took Jesus' body down from the cross, he wrapped it in the cloth and laid it in the tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Joseph had to pluck up courage to ask Pilate for the body. Because not only the Jewish council frowned upon what he would do, he may be viewed by Rome as a rebel. And touching Jesus' dead body would render him unclean before the Sabbath yet he risked all this, laid Jesus in his own tomb, rather than let the Romans dump him in the mass grave, Joseph gave him instead the honour of a rich man's burial. Only Jesus can make such a change, such a difference in people's lives, regardless Jew or Gentile, male or female, parent or child. Because only Jesus can change our souls from being a place of demons to a throne where God rules. Only Jesus can enable our physical resources to be released for a greater and eternal good in the kingdom and replace our cowardice with courage. Only Jesus. I remember going to Sunday school since kindergarten. And then as a teenager, I ran away from church. I felt church was boring irrelevant During my teenage years was the time my father had a massive stroke and a heart attack. He never woke up from it. I was lost and didn't know where I was, where I was going. One day my sister asked me to sign up for a youth camp. I didn't want to go. After her urging, I went half-willingly. The theme of that camp was the cross, the call the choice. I couldn't remember what the pastor said, but on the last night when he invited us to receive Jesus, tears kept coming down my face when God touched my heart. I realised Jesus was who I was looking for, or rather, He had already been looking for me. By God's help, I saw the cross, I heard the call and made the choice to follow Him. That was the night that started to change everything. My friends, I'm sure you have your story of how life was like without Jesus, how you realised you needed Him and how your life has changed since knowing Him. This is the season to tell God's story in your life. Christmas is an occasion that even pre-believers celebrate. But this Christmas is like no other because of COVID-19 the outlook is gloomy. And as followers of Jesus, we must show there is still a reason for the season because the change God wants to bring into our lives, the joy, the love, the peace that He offers is an offer that still stands, COVID or no COVID. And that reason is Jesus. Our senior pastors have led us to host gatherings called Home for Christmas where we can connect with our friends and share what Jesus has done for us. Let's do this together as a church family. And as we host our friends and family, let's get your God story ready and let's tell that story again. Why only Jesus? Because only Jesus in that place of prayer can show such strength as our God. Only Jesus as the sinless Lamb and Son of God could bear such weight for our sin. And only Jesus can make such a change in people's lives. In the summer of 2012, Sage Stallone, the son and actor of Sylvester Stallone, died suddenly of a heart attack. Four years later, the New York Times featured an article on Sylvester Stallone as the aging Rocky in the movie Creed. The article noted that when the production began, the actor was still paralyzed by the devastation of losing his son. This is what Sylvester Stallone said. Here you save all these fictitious people in the movies, and you can't even save your son. Here I save all these fictitious people and I can't even save my son. My dear friends, our God is in the business of saving people. Not fictitious, but real people like you and me. And to do so, He chose not to save His son, His only son. That's why only Jesus. And as we prepare to respond to God, let's hear this next song as an invitation to come and see His only Son. And I will come back to lead us to respond to God together.
2: Come and see, come and see, come and see the King of love. See, up a robe and crown of thorns he wears Soldiers mock, rulers near As he lifts the cruel cross Lone and friendless now He climbs towards the hill All love cry out Father, for
1: friends, as we respond to God together now, I invite us to bow our heads and close our eyes in God's presence. This is sacred time. Every time the Scriptures are open, God calls us to respond to Him. I want to give an invitation for us who are already followers of Jesus. He has restored us, changed our tears to joy, and we are never the same again. This Christmas season, would you go tell your God's story? If your answer is yes, would you pray this after me? Lord Jesus, only You could bear the weight of my sin. Only You could show such strength as my God. I ask now that Your strength in me will be transformed to courage, courage to share the change you've made in my life. Send me divine appointments. Show me who you want me to reach so that through me, even me, people may know there is still a reason for the season and that reason is Jesus. Praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let me now give an invitation to those yet to believe in Jesus. My friend, if that's you, on that cross is where His wrath and mercy met so that we carry the weight of our sins no more. No more. Today, you see the cross, you hear the call, And if today you make the choice to say yes to trusting Jesus for the very first time, I invite you likewise to pray this after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross where my sins are forgiven and I can carry my guilt no more. I now ask of you to come into my life. Save me from the coming judgement. Lead me with your strength that you may also change my life and I can tell others Jesus is the reason and the answer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My dear friend, If you have joined me in that last prayer to ask Jesus into your life for the very first time, the Covenant Church family would love to be in touch with you and walk the journey with you as you begin your new life with God. Would you therefore scan the QR code found at the bottom of the screen so that we can have your contact details and we'll be in touch with you. If you're already a Christian and do need prayer for God's strength in such a time as this, do also scan the code and a prayer minister will be in touch with you to pray with you. Meanwhile, here are the two reflection questions you can share with your family and CG. First, prayer is God's lifeline to us, especially in such a time when strength beyond us is needed. How will I engage deeper in prayer this season? And secondly, who are those I can invite to home for Christmas and share about the change God has done in me? Let us lift our hands to receive God's blessing as we end. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus, grace that He displayed through the cross, the love of God our Heavenly Father, love that compelled Him to send His Son, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, who convicts us of sin, of righteousness and judgment, be with us all now and until our Lord returns and calls us home. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you.
0: We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 Or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.